Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. Because you are great, your day was great. Because you are great, greatness was released all around you. Once again, we want to welcome you and thank God for you today for joining us and uh, covenant with us uh, on this radio broadcast of Master Key. Uh, call your family and friends and let's see what the Lord has to say to us. Uh, those of you that is on chat and you desire uh, to. Um, have any of your family and friends uh, that don't have the capacity to get on chat to be with us, uh, have them to call area code 347-237-5493. And those of you that desire to have any questions and uh, you want to just call in and uh, you may be on chat, just have a question you want to call, you can call in our 800 number, 877 877- Five three seven three three two one. Once again, eight seven seven five three seven three three two one. Before we get into the heart and the mind of God, we want to welcome all of those uh, that is with us today, and those that will be joining us uh, later on by way of our archives. Uh, we are going to be having our watch night service on December thirty first, two thousand and twelve, at ten p.m. at the Embassy Suites Hotel. That's 3974 South River Drive. That is the airport, uh, Miami Airport, <clears throat> Embassy Suites Hotel. We're looking forward to uh, an extraordinary, powerful, anointed uh, time uh, in the Lord to see what the Lord God will say unto us for 2013. We used to go before the Lord last, matter of fact, last uh it was the first time in the history we're doing it that we didn't give a word. What I did, I put a demand upon our leadership to get a word from the Lord. We did end up giving a word, but we didn't give it on that watch night service. But we're going to see what the Lord will say of this watch night service entering into uh, 2013 as we come to a closure of 2012, uh, the year of government. So I'm excited about... Uh, what all God is getting ready to manifest in your life. So I'm in a spirit of expectancy for you. Um, the Lord has promised us some powerful things, some great things, and I be- I'm beginning to understand in a greater dimension why God has allowed you to experience some of the things that you've experienced within the last five years, some of the transitions that you've gone through, you've experienced, some of the challenges that you've experienced in your body, some of the challenges you experience in your relationships, some of the challenges you have experienced in your finances. Uh, those of you that is in ministry and called to ministry seem like you uh, would never get a breakthrough. You've uh, uh, done what God told you to do. You're fasting. You're praying. You're crying out to Him, and just seem like things were just on hold. And said, the more you pray, the more you consecrate yourself. Uh, said, the more opposition you experienced. Uh, but God sustained you; He kept you. But it was a reason why uh, we shared a message. I think would be a blessing to you, uh, those of you that is listening uh, by way of uh, um, the chat, and those that is uh, online uh, with us uh, today. Um, uh, God gives a word concerning. Uh, payday. Uh, there's always uh, time um, that God has set aside to reward those who's been loyal to Him, who's been faithful to Him, who have not given up, who have not quit, quit on Him, who have not turned coward, who have not fainted, but those that have stood. And even though you could have failed and made a mistake, an error, or was manipulated by the enemy, you got back up. 
you got back up. The Bible said, if a righteous man falls seven times, he shall arise. He shall what? Arise. And by the mere fact that you have joined us today, and by the mere fact you're still alive today, is a revelation that you have arised. The enemy could not keep you down. He knocked you down, but he could not knock you out. And so, therefore, you're up and you keep pressing. He can't stand it. He hates it. He, he, and he's plotting, planning every single day. What must I do to knock him down for him to stay down? But God found some men. God has found some women. And that's who you are. That's who you are. I don't care about the error you have made, the mistake that you have made. By the mere fact that you still standing today, you qualify. You qualify for a payday. Because why? Your faith, your trust, and your confidence is still in your God. It's still in Calvary's cross. It's still in the resurrection, the ascension, and the enthronement of the Most High God. So therefore, ladies and gentlemen, God has a payday for you. Today is your day. Tomorrow is your day. Uh, Wednesday is your day. Thursday is your day. Friday is your day. Saturday is your day. Going into the next week is your day. So therefore, we believe that uh, from this day forward, it is your season. You're not waiting on your season. This is your due season. This is your set time. A door has been opened before you. Walk in that door. Walk in that door. Walk in that door. The word of the Lord has been spoken of our lives, but God has an open door before us. So do not allow yourself to be manipulated and tricked by what you see, hear, smell, taste, and feel. You decree out of your own mouth, this is your due season, this is your set time. Not going to be, it is right now. now and once again, I said, not going to be. We're not waiting on our due season. Due season. We have entered into our due season. I'm going to say it again. We're not waiting on our due season. We have entered into our due season. So there's some extraordinary, extravagant things that the Lord God is getting ready to manifest, and he's getting ready to pay you. He's going to reward you. And you've got to understand this thing. I tell you this thing. I am so excited about this series that we, we, we just started and, uh, uh, concerning payday and uh, why there's a payday. You've got to understand why there's a payday. See, uh, God gave me a revelation years ago. And this message kind of coincides with that. God spoke to me years ago. He said, he said son, there's times I was sent a righteous man on a job that the boss is wicked and the boss is unrighteous. He said, now, I cannot execute judgment on the boss because everybody work for him is wicked. So you've got a wicked boss with a wicked, wicked employers. So therefore, wickedness plus wickedness equal wickedness. So if we say, I will send a righteous man there. And I allow the wicked to persecute the righteous. But the righteous must have a righteous attitude, a righteous disposition. The righteous man must not murmur, must not grumble, must not complain. He says, because what I'm doing, I'm allowing the wicked to persecute the righteous unjustly, to give me a legal right to come down and to execute Justice. I am a God of justice. I'm a God of judgment. So, so, so many of you have been done wrong. So many of you have been, been treated wrong. So many of you have been lied on. So many of you have been persecuted. So many of you have experienced things that you know that it was not God and you didn't understand. Well, how long, God, are you going to allow this to happen? But you've got to understand something. God have you there for a purpose. He will allow you to be mistreated. It may not just be a job. It could be anything. It could be anything. Uh, so, so, but what he's doing, he's setting you up for a payday. He's setting you up for a payday. Because um, you have displayed the righteousness of God because you refuse to complain, you refuse to murmur, 
grumble. So therefore, and you know you need the job, so you're not going to quit. And so therefore, the enemy is trying to take advantage of you. You're in a vulnerable state at this present time. You're submitted to the most high God. They're laughing at you. They're talking about you behind your back, but you're still a courtier. You're still a nice. You're still exhibiting the love of God. Regardless of what they're doing to you, regardless of what they're saying to you, God puts you in that situation because God has a day of reward for you, a payday for you. The, one, of the, one of the scriptures in, in Hebrews 10 called it a day of recompense. There's a day of recompense. There's a day of reward for you. Why? Now God can come down and execute judgment upon the wicked. And always understand, please listen to me. If you don't hear anything I'm going to say the rest of the night, hear this. God is not executing judgment upon people unless people refuse to repent. People is not your enemy. The, it, in the Old Testament, God dealt with people that was used by spirits. He still does the same thing today. But the goal is not people. The goal is victory over the enemy that uses people. If you ever get caught up over the people, then God cannot do what he want to do for you. He cannot give you the payday that he want to give you. If your focus is on people, get your eyes off of people. Yes, the devil uses people. So, but the people is nothing but an instrument. The devil is the source. That's who God is trying to get you and I to manifest victory over. The victory that you and I have received is the victory of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ over the enemy. But there's a payday. There's a payday. Now, this scripture here is a fascinating scripture uh, that I used uh, in the past. Uh, and I got a, another scripture I want to give you out of the book of Ecclesiastes. This is an awesome dynamic scripture. Matter of fact, it kind of coincides with what we're talking about tonight. But let me, as I'm, I'm getting prepared for this scripture here in First uh, uh, Peter. But I want you to listen to this, if you will. Now, we had a watch night service in, uh, uh, last year, and God gave me a powerful word concerning... Um, of the children of Israel. Matter of fact, it coincides. It's amazing how prophetic uh, the word of the Lord that uh, that comes forth that God gives us. That it, it just fascinates me. Many times that word that we may receive for that particular day, uh, that time is really not for that time, but it's for a year later or two years later. But but this is the scenario. Uh, it's amazing when you get a prophetic word. When God promises you something, you got to understand all of the pieces must be in place for the manifestation of that word to uh, come to pass in your life. So God may speak to you, I'm going to give you a raise. God's going to give you a promotion. I'm going to give you a husband. I'm going to give you a wife. God may speak that um, I'm, I'm going to bring you to a place that you are debt-free. Now, but he got that all of the pieces must be in place. Usually when he speaks that word to you, all of the pieces is not in place. All of the players is not in place. So many times it takes time for the angels to create them, the, the opportunities, the circumstances, the situations for the word, that word to be fulfilled in your life. You've you got to understand, when God gives you a word, there's other components that need to be in place for that word to be fulfilled. Now watch this here. God spoke to Abraham. And said, I'm going to give you the land of Canaan. Told him to walk the length and the breadth of it. He said, where you feet tread, that land belongs unto you. But Abraham died. Before Abraham died, God told him what was going to happen. Now, your descendants is going to go into a land that they don't know of, a foreign land, and they're going to be there for about 400 years. Now, think about it, ladies and gentlemen. Now, let's see how this play out. The word that God gave him, how does it play out? God's God promised him in Genesis chapter 3, entered a covenant with him, and told him he's going to make him great, make his name great, going to make him wealthy. Anyone that bless you, I'm going to bless him. I'm going to curse you. I'm going to curse. Abraham, you, you are the man. So he died, but yet he did not possess the land. He died. So he said, your descendants will go into a place, and they're going to be there for a long time. Now, God... 
allowed, you know, Joseph, the situation that Joseph had a dream. Joseph goes into Egypt. God calls the famine. God allowed a famine. Now, why did God allow the famine to go? One of the most severe famines at that present time. If it wasn't from the fam- uh, famine, Joseph, I'm saying, J- yeah, Jacob would not enter into uh, uh, Egypt because the only food supply was in Egypt. But God setting everything up for the fulfillment of this word. Is it possible that you play a major role in the fulfillment of the word of the Lord, not only for your life, but somebody's life? So we know they goes into Egypt, and they're there for uh, uh, 400 years. The Pharaoh that knew Joseph died. A new Pharaoh, his son, was raised up. And so, therefore, the children of Israel begin to multiply. Now, watch this right here. If God had allowed Jacob and his 12 sons to go into Canaan to possess the land, they wouldn't have been able to. A man and his 12 boys and daughters, one daughter, and, 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 and their servants, they weren't ready. They wasn't ready. They wasn't ready to possess the land. And not only they wasn't ready to possess the land, the land wasn't ready to be possessed. Are you getting this? The land wasn't ready to be possessed. Two things is going on at this time. There's a dual purpose that is happening. God got the children of Israel in Egypt in a holding pattern. In this holding pattern, they're growing. They're multiplying. Because God said, I'm going to give you descendants as numerous as the stars in the heavens and the sand upon the seashore. So Israel began to grow. The Jewish nation began to grow so fast that this particular uh, Pharaoh, uh uh-uh, we better do something. They are growing exceedingly abundantly. So let us let us do something now and put a stop to this. So they begin to put taskmasters over them. And then they gave them an assignment to kill the males. The first of every male two years old and under kill them. Because they're growing too fast. They're going to be as numerous as us. Now they came in this land... We was the majority, and they was the minority. If we don't put a stop to this, they're going to be the minority. They're going to be the majority, and we're going to be the minority. But God was in it. God was raising up a nation of people, had them in a holding pattern, had them in a place that's waiting and growing, multiplying. And at the same time, while God had them in Egypt for 400 years, God was building up Canaan for 400 years. For 400 years, they was building cities. They was planting fruit trees. They was digging wells. Nice castles. Nice cities. Nice homes. uh, Plentiful fruit trees. Uh, You name it, plenty water, wells. So at the same time, God had them in a holding pattern, then over on the other side, that the children of Israel have no idea what's going on in Canaan, and people in Canaan have no idea what's going on in Egypt, God is raising up a nation in Egypt for the word of the Lord to be fulfilled that he spoke to Abraham. And at the same time, he's just not going to give them any land that they got to go and build their own homes, he's not going to just, no, 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 no. He's having them a holding pattern and having the Canaanites, the Jebusites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, uh, all the Nikes, all of them is building, all of them is building, all of them is building for Israel, but they don't know they're building for Israel. They don't know that. 
Is it possible the hell that you may be going experiencing right now on that job, um, and, and that job is flourishing, but is it possible that God is allowing them, uh, your supervisor, to perfect um, that particular department for you? But you don't know that. You there, God spoke to you a year ago, but you forgot the word of the Lord. He spoke to you that I'm going to give you a raise, I'm going to give you a promotion, I'm going to give you an increase. But you goes there and you see there's no way in this world for no increase here. There's no way for no promotion here. But your department is one of the most successful departments in this company. But you experience the greatest level of hell in this company. But God allowed that boss to perfect that particular department for you. Next thing you know, your boss, boss call him or her into his office or their office and begin to terminate them and call you in to raise you up. And now God has made you just like Joseph, second in charge of in, in Egypt. He's made you second in charge of a very successful company, but you didn't know how God was going to do it. But you kept the right attitude like Joseph did. Joseph didn't complain. Joseph didn't murmur. He was lied on. He was manipulated. But everything his hand touched, it prospered. Ladies and gentlemen, this is payback time. And God rewarded Joseph for all of the hell that he went through. God paid Joseph back for what his brothers did to him. God paid Joseph back by part of a wife lying on him. God paid Joseph back when the butler and the baker forgot him. God paid him back because God had a certain day that he was going to pay Joseph back. There's a certain day that God has determined to pay you back. Are you hearing me? Let's look at the scripture, if you will, in, in, in the word of the Lord, the principle here, the principle how God functions, how God operates. God is setting you up, ladies and gentlemen, He's setting you up. When Jesus, the scripture I brought out on, on Sunday was Isaiah 53. I'm going to read the scripture in a few minutes. I know I'm, uh, I'm hitting some, but the Lord is, is, is speaking to me. In Isaiah 53, what we're familiar with, he was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his right we are healed. And it goes on down to verse 10, how it pleased the Father to bruise him. When you are going through hell on your job, hell in your marriage, hell in your family, hell as a daughter, hell as a son, hell as a whatever the case may be, when you're going through, you have to understand something. The Bible says it pleased the Father to bruise him. And God is taking, getting pleasure out of bruising you. But why would God get pleasure out of bruising me? Because God is not focusing on the bruising, but God is focusing on the reward of the bruising. God is looking at what the bruising is going to produce, what the bruising is going to reclaim, what the bruising is going to redeem. God is looking at the reward. God is looking at the day, the pay, uh, the day of pain that he's getting ready to render to you. That's what God is looking at. He's not looking at the bruise. Uh, he knows you can handle it. Because he's giving you the grace to handle it. You don't believe you can handle it. The majority of us don't believe we can handle it. When God allows us to go through certain particular things, they spirit certain particular things. We don't believe that we can handle certain particular things. But God does. He will never put too much upon you and I that we cannot bear. He will not let you and I go through something that you and I cannot take. There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God will, with the temptation, make a way for an escape. God will not allow you to be destroyed. He will not allow me to be destroyed. Are you hearing me? So God allowed Jesus to be bruised because Jesus, God, saw a payday. Resurrection was payday. The ascension was payday. The enthronement was payday. That was payday time. And what God rewarded Jesus with, he gave him a name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and in earth, ladies and gentlemen, and under the earth. There's a payday there. So Jesus is our elder brother. He is the corporate head of the church. He is the one that is our example. So what the head experienced, we will experience. We don't have to experience crucifixion to die physically 
but we do have to experience crucifixion to die to ourselves. So, so therefore, you got to understand, God has not allowed you to go through anything in vain. You will be rewarded. You just don't know the day nor the hour. I don't know the day nor the hour, but I take that back because it is my day now. Because the Lord has already spoken into us. God has confirmed it several times that this is our due season set time. Let me, let me read something to you, if you will. I'm reading this out of the Amplified Version, 1 Peter chapter 2. Same principle. Same principle. See, you've got to understand. And see, in the natural, this stuff don't make no sense. In the natural, it's crazy, stupid. There's no way in the world I'm going to take this. I ain't taking nothing off of nobody. No way in this world. Uh-uh. No, that ain't God. That ain't God. You better use wisdom. Is that what we say? You better use wisdom. Ladies and gentlemen, please understand this right here. When God is processing you, the best thing you can do is get a, uh, get a thumb around anybody that's going to encourage you to uh, move out of the will of God, to encourage you uh, uh, to take matters into your own hand. That's a person that's never been processed themselves. And that's a person that don't know God themselves. When you are being processed, the best thing that you can ever do is be quiet. Because when you're being processed, you don't understand. I mean, you're, you're confused. I mean, you're, uh, there's bombardments in your mind. But the best thing you can do is wait on the Lord, and you're going to see the hand of God. Now, notice this right here, if you will. Uh, notice this scripture in First uh, Peter chapter 2. Listen to this, if you will. Uh, I'm going to do verse 19. For one is regarded favorably, is approved, acceptable, and thanksworthy, if, as in the sight of God, he endures the pain of unjust suffering. That don't make any sense. That don't, that, 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 wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Read that again, preacher. For one is regarded favorably. One is regarded favorably. This is regarded favorably in the eyes of God. One, for one is regarded favorably, is approved. Approved by who? God. Is acceptable. Acceptable by who? God. And thanksworthy. Thanksworthy? By who? God. If. Notice what it says. If. If. As in the sight of God, not in the sight of man, not in the sight of your boss, not in the sight of your peers, but in the sight of God. He endures the pain of unjust suffering. I ain't taking this no more. Ain't no way in the world. It ain't God's will for me to take this. I'm reading something to you because God is trying to set you up for a payday. Will you allow the enemy to rob you of your payday? Well, I'm going to get paid for fasting. I'm going to get paid for prayer. I'm going to get paid for reading my Bible. I'm going to get paid for going to church. I'm going to get paid for singing in the choir. I'm going to get paid for being a musician. I'm going to get paid for being an usher. That's not what it said. It didn't say anything about your prayer life and your Bible study life and being a member of a church or working in a church. It says once again, for one is regarded favorably, is approved by God, acceptable by God, thanksworthy of God. If, as in the sight of God, he endures the pain of unjust suffering. Now, notice what he said. He didn't just say unjust suffering. He said the pain of it. Because unjust suffering causes pain. You know you didn't do it. But God said, keep your mouth closed. You know you didn't say it. God said, keep your mouth closed. It's painful. My flesh is crying out for revenge. My flesh is crying out to protect itself, to defend itself. My flesh is crying out. God says, be quiet. Verse 20, after all, what kind of glory is there? In it, if when you do wrong and are punished for it, you take it patiently. But if you bear patiently, 
with suffering. But if you bear patiently with suffering, let me read that again. How many a husband is is willing to bear patiently to suffer in his marriage? How many ladies is willing to bear patiently with suffering in your marriage? How many parents is willing to bear patiently in suffering concerning their children? Are you hearing this? God is doing something. What is he doing? He needs an instrument of righteousness to break the back of the enemy that's using your spouse, using your children. He's trying to get you find an instrument to exercise and demonstrate and establish Christ as the victor over this union, over this family. It's not the spouse. It's not the children. But there is a devil that's trying to per- perpetrate your lineage and trying to establish something. The devil, ladies and gentlemen, understand, he's a generational devil. He ain't thinking about you. He's thinking about you in uh, the next three to four generations. That's connected to you. That's not even born yet. That's how he thinks. But watch this here. This is beautiful. After all, what kind of glory is there in it if when you do wrong and are punished for it, you take it patiently? Isn't that what people used to do? Well, I deserve it. Yeah, I did it. I'm guilty. So you take it patiently. That's what it says here, if you will. But if you bear patiently, but if you bear patiently, but if you bear patiently with suffering, which results when you do right, and that is undeserved, it is acceptable and pleasing to God. What? That is acceptable and pleasing to God. No, preacher. Let me read it again. After all, what kind of glory is there in it if when you do wrong and are punished for it, you take it patiently? But if you bear patiently with suffering, which results when you do right, and that is undeserved, and that is undeserved when you do right, which results when you do right, you, you got to do right, though. And that is undeserved. It is acceptable and pleasing to God. It is what? Acceptable and pleasing to God. Why would God get, be pleased when if I'm suffering wrong, I'm being persecuted, and, 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 and I do right? In the midst of the persecution, I do right when I'm suffering undeservedly. I do right. What does it bring pleasure to him? Because you're creating your future. You're setting God up to be able to bless you. You're setting God up to be able to reward you. You're setting God up to, pay, uh, to set up a payday for you. Every time you do right when you don't, uh, when you... Uh, you do right when somebody treats you wrong. You're creating a payday. No devil can stop it. A demon can stop it. Principalities and powers can't stop it. No man, woman, boy, and girl can stop it. You're setting yourself up for a payday. And not only are you setting yourself up for a payday, but you're setting yourself up to be a victor over the powers of darkness that's been assigned to your spouse, to your children, to that company, that job. Whatever spirits that's been work operating there before you got to that job, you're on assignment from God, but you didn't know that. And God has used you to dismantle, bring to note those forces of darkness that's been manipulating. But, ladies and gentlemen, but if you, if you handle it the same way everybody else handles it, then you have no payday. God is setting you up for a payday. He's setting you up. This is awesome. This is awesome. So God is pleased. God is pleased when you and I suffer wrongfully, but we handle it right, have the right attitude. 
And a lot of you have gone through hell and back, had no idea that God was setting you up for a payday. And God is getting ready to make his manifest himself in you and through you. And the forces of darkness that's been parading itself through your lineage, God has used you to dismantle it. God has used you to break the back of the enemy, the back of confusion, the back of lying, the back of manipulation. God is using you to break the back of the enemy. That devil now, which was prevailing in your family, moving upon your son, from your son to your daughter, from the daughter to the son, and, and spreading throughout the whole children's life, God has used you because you refuse to quit, you refuse to give up, you refuse to speak what you saw, you spoke what God showed you. God gave you a dream. God showed you the end of your children. He gave you a prophetic word. The prophetic word was the end, ladies and gentlemen, was the end. God always showed you the end. And then he brings the beginning. And the, big, the per reason he shows you the end is to keep you hoping in the midst of the beginning and the process to the end. That's why he does it. You hold on to the unadulterated infallible word of the living God. Let me, let me show you something else, ladies and gentlemen. I love it. 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 Go to, if you will, the book of uh, Ecclesiastics. Ecclesiastics. Let's look at this. This is a powerful scripture, ladies and gentlemen. This is where God have us at this present time. This is where God have us at this present time. I'm going to say it again. This is where God have us at this present time. Ecclesiastes chapter 2. And let's look at verse 26. For God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight. Who is good? You. Who is good? Me. What made you and I good? Nothing made us good. Somebody made us good. Well, who made us good? Jesus. He gave us righteousness. He became our sin. Who knew no sin? That we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. They don't you just say, I'm a righteous person. Then go ahead and say, I'm a good person. Not because you did good. Not because you've been doing righteous. Because you received good. You received righteousness. And that good and right, righteousness is a person. His name is Jesus. This is a powerful scripture here. For God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight. But, but, but to the sinner, he gives the work of gathering and collecting that he may give to him who is good before God. This also is vanity and grasping for the wind. What? You mean to tell me that all these millions of homes that has been built over the last 10 years when we had a boom, a growth in the housing markets that has never been before like we have experienced the last 10 years. Is it possible, ladies and gentlemen, that's hearing the Holy Spirit today, the Lord was having them to build. The Lord was having them to gather. The Lord was having them to collect. That God will take what they have gathered, what they have collected, what they have built, that God may give it to him who is good before God. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your due season and your set time. This is your due season and your set time. Men been collecting for you. Men has been gathering for you. But they didn't know they was collecting for you. They didn't know they was gathering for you. 
Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost up in here now. I pray that your faith is being stirred up. I pray that your faith is going to realms and dimensions and levels that you have never experienced before. God is making man pay you back. It's really not really men, but it's really the devil. He's making the payback because the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The Lord spoke something to me years ago. I want you to hear, hear this real good. The Lord spoke to me and said, son, you can never lose anything in me. What appear to be lost is never lost. What appear to be lost is never lost. Now, I want you to think about the things that you have lost. I want you to think about the things that's been stolen from you. I want you to think about the things that has been taken from you. Is it possible? Is it possible that the Lord allowed it to be taken from you? Because he had so much more in store for you. And he knew that you was not going to just liberally just give it up. So you got some people like that. Some people, if God said, give us away, you're not going to give it away. You got some people, if God said, give it away, they'll give it away. No problem, Lord. And see, if God told you what he's going to give you back, you say, okay, yeah, I'll give this away. But he, he don't operate that way. He said, give this away. He's telling you to give it away because he wants you to trust him. He wants you to trust him. And but what God has in store for you is exceedingly abundantly above all that you're able to ask or think. For I have not seen nor ear heard neither into the hearts of men the things that the Lord has prepared for them that love him. But he's revealing them today, ladies and gentlemen, unto us by his spirit. God is moving and has already moved on your behalf. He's already moved. It's payday time. God been having, just like the children of Israel was in Egypt, 400 years. But he put a spirit, an industrious spirit upon the Canaanites, Hivites, Perizzites, Jebusites. He put a spirit upon them to be industrious, to be creative, beautiful palaces, beautiful cities that they built. Man, they, and they thought they was building it for themselves. Had no idea they was building it for the children of Israel. God has been having people to build for you all these years. You get ready to come to the thing that's going to blow your mind. But God has been preparing this wealthy place for you. This is your due season. This is your set time. This is your hour. Your hour of power. And you know how it's going to happen? Immediately. You know how it's going to happen? Suddenly. It's just going to happen. It's going to happen. And, and, and God is going to do it this way so he can get all of the glory. He can receive all of the honor. He can receive all of the praise. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, we have entered into our due season and our set time. This is your year. This is your hour. This is your season. I'm going to say it again. This is your year. This is your hour. And this is your season. The Lord God is commanding. He's commanding the enemy to repay. So you once again, understand, enemies is not people. Enemies is spirits. So them same spirits that was using people, them same spirits is going to use people to pay you back. Them spirits use people to take from you. Now God's going to make them spirits to make those people to give back to you. But it's not coming back the way it was taken. When we begin to understand the law, the law of restoration, do a study on it. The law of restoration always requires better quality and better quantity. When it comes back to you, it's coming back in better quality and better quantity. What was taken from you, more is coming back. What was taken from you, 
it's going to come back in a quality that supersedes what was taken from you. Because that's the law of restoration. God allowed Satan to take Job's children. God allowed Satan to take Job's property. God allowed the enemy to come against Job's friends and use them to come against Job. He had his wife come against him, the children gone, his household, I mean, his uh, finances is gone, uh, cattle gone, livestock gone, everything gone in an instant. Instead of getting comfort from his friends, God allowed Satan to manipulate his friends. He's already suffering from oppression, depression that the enemy is putting upon him. The friends doesn't comfort him. That's why everybody I'm in relationship with always tell them, keep your spirit clean. I, I preach that. Keep your spirit clean. I can't preach it if I don't live it. I can't preach it, but it will have no authority, no weight to it if I'm not living it. There's not a man alive that I can think of that I have anything in my heart against. Nothing against. And sometimes you can have something that you don't know you have something in your heart against a person. Let me share a situation with you happened happened to me. Uh, we went through a major transition. And um, uh, uh, a husband and wife came to me one Wednesday night after Bible study and shared with me that a young lady used to be a member of this church. Um, uh, asked them where we was located at the present time, so this is where we're located. But there's another person that used to work, uh, be a, a member of this church that uh, was disgruntled and uh, and began to say some things, some, some uh, vile things to the person concerning this ministry myself. I had evidence to put the person in jail and holding on to the evidence, but I forgave the person. Don't talk about the person. Don't want to talk about their name, but I forgave them. And when they brought it to me, I said, well, this person really needs to keep get their act together because I can put them in jail because I got evidence of what they've done. They don't know the evidence that I have unless they listen to the broadcast. So, so what happened when I left on my way home, the Spirit of God smote my heart and said, if you forgave the person, why are you holding on to evidence? I said, my God. Because I was looking at it from a church perspective. Legal, you know, this is the church. And so, therefore, it ain't about me directly. It's about the church. And so, I got to protect the church. God is the protector of the church. Not me. If I really forgave that person, then I destroy all of the evidence. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you ever sinned against God? Well, we know, I know, you know, God knows, the devil knows, you have. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But have you ever asked God to forgive you? Uh-huh. Have he ever held on to evidence? Not at all. He's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And he turns around and take your sin and throw it in the sea of forgetfulness and remember it no more. And I was holding on to evidence. Can you see the hypocrisy? But, you know, it, it didn't click with me. I'm just looking at it in the nature of the church. I got to protect the church. No, if I really forgave that person, all evidence must be destroyed, must be destroyed. And I, have, I, and, and, and I don't have the evidence against this person. When God showed me that, blue, it, 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 it convicted me big time. I got rid of the evidence. So that person 
stands clean before God. Because I have nothing against that person. That person is a woman of God. That person is a man of God. Are, are, are you getting this? What makes them a man of God and a woman of God? Oh, there's no evidence against them. There's no evidence against them. But didn't they do wickedly a sin? Yeah, they was an instrument, but it was Satan. Every time you and I sin, we sin because we've been up under the influence of a foreign spirit. Just like Eve and just like Adam. God forgives us once we go. He's faithful and just. I don't know how the Lord got on this right here because evidently he's, well, I know. I've been doing this for so many years. I know he's ministering to uh, several individuals that's on the broadcast today. Ladies and gentlemen, that's how you're going to experience your breakthrough, and that's how you're going to enter into your promised land, and you're going to possess, and you're getting ready to receive the manifestation. Evidently, this must be the final thing for you. You you going ready to receive the manifestation of the blessings that God has for you, but you got to release every person, every person, release your parents, release your siblings, release your pastor, release your brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, release your boss, release your peers in the job that lied on you, persecuted you, and you took it personally. That's how we always sin when we take it personally. And sin blinds us. It blinds us on things. We can see what everybody has done to us, but we, we, we so soon forget how we have treated and handled God. I have absolutely nothing in my heart against absolutely no one that I can think of. If I do, God reveal it to me that I may release them. See, we only have one enemy. That's Satan. Not people. And when you have, when Satan becomes your enemy, then everything else that belongs to Satan becomes your enemy. Satan is your enemy. Sickness and disease is an enemy. Poverty is an enemy. Confusion is an enemy. Lying is an enemy. Unforgiveness is an enemy. Are, are, are you getting this? Is an enemy. So you come against the enemy and leave people alone. Set people free. Be a liberator of people. Be a vindicator of people. But become vicious against the enemies of God. The enemies of humanity. The enemies of the body of Christ. The greatest weapon you and I have is love. And the greatest manifestation of love is forgiveness. If you struggle with forgiving people, you're struggling with loving. And not only are you struggling with loving, you're struggling receiving love. And you struggle receiving love, you can't give what you don't have. And that's probably why you're struggling. You don't like yourself. And that is a manipulation of the enemy. And how do we get from this thing about finances to this right here? Glory to God. God is trying to help us tonight. He's trying to save us. He's trying to prepare you to re receive your payday. Your paycheck on your payday. Don't forfeit your payday by unforgiveness and resentment and bitterness and anger against people. Don't forfeit your reward. It's not worth it, ladies and gentlemen. This must become a reality to us, and we must live it every day, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we really do wrestle against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high place and the rules of the darkness of this world. That's, that is our warfare is against unseen forces that manipulate the scene. Release that individual. Ask the spirit of the living God to root that thing up out of your heart. You say, I don't say it, I don't say it, I don't say it. Well, I'm just, I'm in just so much warfare. It's warfare. It is warfare. To forgive. Thoughts be coming back in your mind, what the person has done to you, what the person said about you. But it's not them. They was up under the influence of a foreign spirit, an enemy of God, an enemy of the kingdom of God, an enemy of your destiny. 
The devil is trying to destroy your purpose, destroy your destiny. All of us have offended somebody. All of us has hurt somebody. You can hurt people unconsciously. You can offend people unconsciously, not even aware you did it. And that has happened to me so many times because I have a very strong personality. And the person don't know me, they can easily get offended because of my personality. You really have to kind of be. <laughs> but anyway, so this is where the love of God comes in at. That get rid of that thing. Do not go into 2013. I charge you. Do not go into 2013 with any unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, anger concerning what somebody's done to you. Do not go into 2013. Do not allow the enemy to cause you to abort your day of pain. God has been having people work on your behalf, gathering and collecting for you, but you will never gather it. You will never collect it. You will never receive what they have gathered and what they collected. You will never receive it if you walk in unforgiveness. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. I literally pray the blessings of God to fall down on people that has hurt me in the past, wounded me in the past, lied on me in the past, that's assassinated my character in the past, that's tried to destroy my family and has tried to destroy this ministry. I literally, from my heart, speak and pronounce the blessings of God upon them, upon their children, upon their spouses. God bless them. I come against every enemy that's been assigned to them to try to destroy them. Not so in Jesus' name. They belong to the Most High God. They've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. They are the purchased possession of Almighty God. You foul spirit, loose them and let them go. The blood of the Lamb was shed on their behalf. They belong to God. So therefore, I cancel all of your satanic and demonic and fleshly manipulation against them in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, extend your loving kindness to them. Lord, extend your tender mercies towards them. Lord, let your blessings overtake them on the right hand. Let your blessings overtake them on the left hand, Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray an open heaven over their lives in Jesus' mighty name. Everything they hand touch, let it be blessed, Lord God. More than anything, bring them to the end of themselves. Bring them to the place, O oh God, that they will you will grant them repentance, that they will turn, O oh God, from being an instrument of the enemy, that they'll be an instrument of the most high God. Raise them up, Father, in Jesus' name. Let your love overwhelm them. I ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus. I ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's my responsibility as a man of God. That's your responsibility as a man and a woman of God. It's to stand in the gap and build the hedge for your brothers and sisters. But, they, but, they, but they're not acting like a brother. They're not acting like a sister. Well, you haven't always acted like a, bro, acted like a brother or a sister. You haven't always acted like a son and daughter of the Most High God. So, so, so don't go there. All of us. Our attitude has been ranked from time to time. But God in his mercy, God in his grace uh, has forgiven us and cleansed us and washed us. The moment you ask him, instantaneously you're forgiven and cleansed and washed and purged from all unrighteousness. And the reason you talk like that is nothing but a revelation. You're selfish. Because your only thing you can think about what somebody's done to you. See, when a person is selfish, they, they soon forget, quickly forget how they have hurt God and wounded God. Ladies and gentlemen, this did take a little twist in it, turn. But we want to uh, well, let you know uh, that next Monday we're going to be starting our last, we used to do the last Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh, because with the holiday season, we'll start to, uh, starting this Monday, the 17th, 18th, and the 19th, uh, our prayer line. So we'll be fasting and praying uh, next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Join us, if you will. That, and we changed. We got a new number also. Let me get that to you real quick here. Uh, the no, new number is uh, uh, 712-432-3900. 712-432-3900. The code is 
287381-POUND. Once again, it's 287381-POUND. This has been your host, Dr. E.J. McKenzie. It's been an awesome time being with you today. Felt the presence of God, the anointing of God. And I pray you would take what the Lord God has done and said and run with it. Love you. Appreciate you. Look forward to being with you on tomorrow. God bless.